Hi, welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Linz, and I'm here with my co-host, Savi. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary since the release of Andor's season finale, so this episode, we'll be taking a journey down Rick's Road to revisit season one. It's been a while since we talked about Andor in depth on the pod. I know sometimes it comes up with like guests and stuff, but it's been a while since we've like really sat down and discussed it. I know, it's been too long. I know. Well, and, and, you know, privately we talk about it a lot, but it's more fun to do it in front of a microphone because <laughs> I don't know, it, it'll be a fun thing to revisit, I think. And we have some questions for each other that hmm. you came up with. Yes. Yes. Just a couple and just kind of check in with each other about how we feel about the series. So just to start it off with something simple, what was your favorite quote from the show? I think it'd have to be Skeen's the axe forgets but the tree remembers the tree remembers and i think that's because it's so relevant especially in real life it's so relevant there's so many things that can happen individually and to a group of people where that's so it's so true to have so in the context of andor it's talking about how the empire doesn't care about what it's doing to people it forgets the atrocities that it's done to people and but the people the people remember because it was done to them and it's personal to them and i i i loved that that was a quote that was put into the show it was very poignant for the show like it it really it was very like i said relevant Mm -hmm. especially in terms of like the empire but yeah i i think that that just it's such a short quote but it's so beautiful honestly like it's so powerful it's a powerful quote so I'd say that's my favorite yeah that that is that is a good one my favorite is is also from that episode actually I had to search it up just now it's when Nemec and Cassian are talking at the fire and Nemec says the pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it Mm -hmm. and it's not that I love the quote in itself. I-, I love that scene mostly and when he says it because it feels like that's the first time somebody is sitting with Cassian and sharing their thoughts on freedom and revolution and 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 those are Cassian's first steps towards a greater rebellion. Like it's kind of an mm-hmm. introduction to it. Cassian, I feel like, was very like, a heads down type of guy. He even says to Luthen, I just want to win and walk away. But Nemec is kind of introducing him to this idea that's becoming very real very quickly that he can fight, that he can fight back. And I love, I I just, I love that Nemec is the one to introduce that to him. The runt of the group essentially Mm -hmm. has the biggest, I guess the, like the, like the runt of the group or the smallest of the group is the mightiest. Mm -hmm. So in, in spirit or in in what was the word nobility i guess you could say yeah i i it might be a word and and can you say the quote again the quote that you the pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it mm-hmm. love it <laughs> yeah it, it was honestly i know it's probably an overrated quote at this point i feel like a lot of people are like stellan skarsgård had the best quote but the, that monologue mm-hmm. still sticks with me to this day. There are some moments where I just think about it. And and when he says, I burn my life for a sunrise, I know I'll never see. And then have the ending of Rogue One be the ending that we know. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's. I, I would say in terms of like, 
I guess you could call his monologue a quote, but it's almost mm-hmm. a quote almost doesn't feel like a strong enough word. So I think monologue would definitely be the word. But if I had to pick a monologue between Nemec's manifesto and Luthen's L- Luthen's monologue, I, they're both so good. But I just remember holding my breath that entire scene yeah. with Luthen. I, I yeah. could not breathe. I felt like, oh my gosh, I feel so badly. I forget the, the, the poor spy's name, but I felt like him. I was just like, <gasps> like standing there. Oh God, oh that's killing me too. I can't remember his name either. I know. I it's suddenly, like a, it's escaped it's a f- me. funky name too. Lonnie. Yeah. Lonnie. Yeah. Lonnie. Lonnie oh, John. Man. I- yeah just come to like (laughs) another one I know we're only saying one but from the same episode I feel like it's hard to choose one quote from Andor because Mm -hmm. the writing was just superb and everything that every character said if I had to pick one quote from everybody I would be able to pick a significant quote but I loved when Cassian admitted that he was afraid but then he says that there was a difference between fear and losing your nerve Mm -hmm. I thought I I feel like that one just kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, because you can still be afraid and be brave. There's that quote by Franklin D. Roosevelt. It's, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I know that that's Tony... basically, yeah, that's basically a reworking of that. Yeah, I know Tony Gill is a history buff, so maybe I was inspired by it. <laughs> so... I think one of my favorite parts about watching Andor and experiencing it with you and with other people, especially on Twitter, we were very involved with um, Twitter while the show was airing. And I think one of my favorite parts was jumping on after an episode. We were crazy, crazy. It was like one o'clock in the morning, you know, jumping on after an episode and seeing what people's thoughts were. How did you feel about that? Because I know not every audience member experienced and or that way but for me and maybe for you that was one of my favorite parts about it was experiencing it with the community yeah both on twitter and in person i think Mm -hmm. because you know people who were not as into it as you know we are we're also watching it and we're like this is really different like this is a different form of star wars that i'm used to like it feels very much like a spy it doesn't feel like i'm watching star wars but it is Star Wars. It's amazingly Star Wars. But I, I did love, you know, we had the group chat and, you know, we would take screen grabs and, and post it. And then in the morning, you know, Star Wars would interact the social media accounts with everybody. And I, I feel like I gained most of my following during that time. So it was nice that the sense of community was growing you know, I, I feel like I, we gained like more friends. Like we talked to a lot of people. There was a lot of interviews and cast interactions and stuff, that was, so, which was really cool. And, you know, re- reminiscing back on it, I I, I miss it. Like I, I, I wish we could go back to it, but I still feel like it's very strong. Like I feel like Andrew mm-hmm. still pops up and is still talked about. Every time I'm scrolling somewhere, there's an edit or somebody saying Andor is some of the best Star Wars that we've seen. And yeah, I feel like it's still a pretty prominent conversation to be had. I, I think that the the tone of Andor is one that was supposed to stick with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that it, it breathed a different sort of life into the conversations around Star Wars. There was a lot of heavier things that were brought up in this series that could be talked about 
just obviously we started a podcast you know you just talk about these things all day long the deeper meanings and the episodes the calls to action the emotional weight was a lot heavier than a lot of other star wars that we've gotten that we that we've seen so i I, like i said one of my favorite parts about that show in multiple arcs in narkina and in you know the last two episodes and or shows what happens when community comes together Mm mm-hmm a community coming together whether it be on twitter or somewhere else was bound to happen Mm -hmm. starting a podcast and like having people (laughs) on it i i i think that its impact was was really strong and i think that it you know having that as star wars is really special because you know star wars isn't always supposed to be you know lightsabers and jedi and it's not always supposed to be the rebellion so there there's like a happy if if i want to feel lighthearted and and sweet and butterflies on the inside like i'm gonna watch grogu and mando go on adventures together but if i'm feeling rebellious and and deep and you know wanting to see and feel something heavier than that like i'm gonna watch andor but then there are also lighthearted moments in andor and there are heavy moments in mando so i feel like it's just such a good balance yeah yeah i i I really appreciate what it's brought to just base i think it balances it out like you said i think it balances out what we get you know what star wars as a whole yeah definitely yeah (laughs) which kind of leads me into the next question that we have written for each other but what was your favorite arc out of the four just to like go back over it but we had ferrix aldani narkina and then the last two the finale so again Mm -hmm. ferrix part two i think i have to say i might i think i have to say narkina Mm. and there's a there's many reasons for that i think one of the big ones is not just what was happening on Narkina with Cassian and the rest of them, but what was happening outside of that as well, like the scenes with Dedra and Cyril and checking back into Ferrix, those scenes, like we get Brasso and Bix. And then of course, Narkina. I love to see Cassian completely out of his element in a sense, because mm-hmm. we saw Cassian as he is on Ferrix, you know, and then we see him sort of out of his element with the Aldani crew but then being put in this prison, it kind of stripped away. We just get to see how he reacts to things and how he changes to things. And we kind of get down to the almost the core of him. And his situation challenges him to be like his true self, I guess. And he rises to that. I think that's one reason why it's one of my favorites is because of the transformation of Cassian in those episodes. Yeah, it it was definitely pretty prominent. It's mm-hmm. like the conversation that he had uh, in episode 10 with Kino, you know, at the very beginning. And then, you know, the conversation he has with Luthen in episode three. And that's mm-hmm. seven episodes, which is only like a couple of days for Cassian or a month. I know there's a time jump, but it's amazing what time and influence of other people could do. And I I do love that Cassian's character is in Andor, is not a hero. I, I, you know, it's kind of, I'm not going to say prominent, because in a way he is a hero, but the people of Ferrix are the hero, which is what I'm leading into my answer, but mine is is the finale. Mm -hmm. I, I think that 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 show of the power of the people against 
a massive galaxy-wide force and then there's this one small town or city in this planet that you know is probably looked over on the map hundreds or hundreds of times i'm putting a number to it but they stood up to the empire and and they won i i don't know there's also like the scene where brasso is reciting you know what Marva said to tell Cassian and that hug in the underground, Bix being rescued and, and the whole part where she's singing the the funeral song, which kind mm-hmm. of implies that she knew it. You know, Wilman at the beginning, you know, building the bomb to avenge his father and he ends up throwing it. it it's it, I think it those two episodes were a great a great final send off to that season. And I feel like it it was subtle, but it promised what we'll see the next season like what Bic says like oh Cassian will find us which I I I I think that they that he will I don't think he's such a family guy that I don't think that that would be the last time we would see everybody yeah yeah and and, and speaking on the finale I love how it it's a full circle so we start on Ferrix we end on Ferrix mm-hmm. we can see the juxtaposition of the people of Ferrix yeah in the beginning to the end and also Cassian from the beginning to the end he kind of parallels the journey of the people in his scent and yeah just masterful poetry really also <laughs> the whole thing I've completely forgot to bring her up but but Mon's story like the whole with the arranged mm-hmm. marriage and her daughter Mon is making a, a difficult decision and we kind of see it relay in in the end and you know she says that quote which is another quote that is really good i show you the stone in my hand you miss the knife at your throat so Mm. it's like we see we just saw mon and ahsoka we saw mon and rebels and like in rogue one and how she was very play by the rules essentially but in andor she's not very much like that she's very has to get done she's gotta do it dirty i guess like so i don't know I think she tries to play by the rules. I think she's trying to at the beginning, you know? I mean, she's doing things that are pushing the envelope, right? What she can get away with, what she thinks she can get away with without compromising herself or her family. But when it gets down to it, she kind of gets backed into a corner where she has to make, like you said, she has to get down and dirty and like make those decisions. And her daughter ends up having to be almost a quote unquote sacrificial lamb in her heart, Mm -hmm. like in her, for her. And so I, that's something that I'm excited to see possibly probably more of in season two how Mon has to be making decisions like that more often and more mm-hmm. significant decisions I guess you could say like more impactful decisions because I'm sure what well, we know she is going to kind of come into the spotlight more and she's gonna come out as the leader of the rebellion or one of the leaders of the rebellion the face of the rebellion in a sense so it's gonna be cool to see that journey into season two for her yeah do you have any predictions for season two for mon or for the entirety of the season or where do you think it'll go because we know it leads to rogue one obviously yes yes (laughs) and this is going to be very different from season one in the sense that it's going to be instead of you know what was it a month or a month and a half of time that was covered basically because Narkina, like we said, was like a month mm-hmm. is a very short amount of time, but season two will cover five years and each trio, each set of episodes. So there's 12 episodes, each three will be a year leading up to, I think 
one okay so think of the three episodes as friday saturday sunday one year friday saturday one year so it's like a blip in time that we're getting we're seeing okay the time jumps are happening between each arc not in the episodes from what i've read okay okay so that's going to be really interesting because it only gives us a little bit of time yeah. to work with. I've um, never three, seen this done episodes, before. The three episodes, I mean, if they're as long as they were in season one. That's that's a, I mean, we're going to spend, a, like you said, a good weekend <laughs> with them for each arc. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the rebellion take like shape get a solid framework because by the end of season two it should have a solid the rebellion should be fully formed basically ready to you know yeah destroy a death star um yeah so i predict that we're going to be seeing familiar faces the closer it gets to more familiar faces the closer it gets to the end of season like we know from rogue one i mean there could be name drops from other things too like we could yeah. see other characters possibly that are not as well known, but if you know Star Wars, you might know them. I don't know how many big names we're gonna get, and when I say that, like I'm thinking of Leia's involvement. I feel like we might get a Leia mention from Mon Mothma. She mm. might say something, perhaps, because we know Leia was doing rebellious activity through the years <laughs> leading up to <laughs> to A New Hope. So yeah, I think that's. I guess that's my general prediction but that one's pretty easy yeah what about you it's not necessarily a prediction I'm just excited to see what's gonna happen with uh with Bix and Brasso and characters that you know we obviously don't see in Rogue One I'm the character I am most excited to see this season is Wilman it seems like he's Mm. going to have a pretty prominent role in the rebellion or like like the cause it was interesting to hear what he had to say at Star Wars Celebration. On they have the interview on YouTube, but it it sounds like this is going to be like a big moment for him. I think. Yeah, and and I I also want to add that because we're talking about characters, I'm excited to see if the predictions and our hopes for Cyril are correct. Oh yeah, uh, I would he, love uh, to see. He go ahead. You say Yeah, no, I, I know. I would love to see him defect and and be a rebel, come to his senses. Because I, I think just the the juxtaposition, the stark contrast from who he was in season one to him changing and, and, and turning, I really do think that he could and he might, you know, not just from the sort of subtle cues that we've gotten in season one, but also like through interviews and stuff i just i have this sense and i really hope that it's true you know cyril could go either way and i do feel like season two like he could lean the way cassian is going as well yeah which is get sort of towards the rebellion yeah sort of a callous moment yeah it'll also be really interesting to see what happens to to dedra you know i don't want to immediately be like well she's going to die but it i because i feel like that's I, there could be cooler predictions than somebody's just going to die, but and I always like to root for everyone, but because that's fun. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I also just love Denise. I I don't I don't want her to leave Star Wars, but 
I think that's what'll be most bittersweet is like the goodbye, you know, like the, oh, like this is probably Diego's last time ever being Cassian. And there will yeah. be like a last day on set and there will be like a finale and we'll have to say goodbye to him and we'll have to accept his fate. Cause there's no like, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And you yeah. just know, you just know Tony is going to rip our hearts out with the end of Andor. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to pull some sick and twisted something <laughs> out and we're going to be left sobbing. Yeah, and the I only way wait. to comfort <laughs> ourselves will be to watch Rogue One, even though there's no comfort in that. I'm just kidding. Uh, hopefully, he'll take he'll have some mercy and not kill all of our our new faves from Andor. I'm I'm really I'm really rooting for Bix and Brasso and Me and too. all of them. Like, please, yeah, <laughs> Bell and Bell and Cinta too. Yes. Oh my gosh. They can't. They can't. We can't lose them. <laughs> we can lose Luthen because he basically already predicted that he's not going to make it. So He said we it. Can lose, we can lose Luthen. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, speaking of characters, who was your favorite new character okay. from Andor? So nobody that we've seen before. Yeah, yeah. I would have to say... I think I I think I'd have to say oh this sounds so bad a Dedra maybe mm. just because I it doesn't sound bad I just, it's okay I, to like an imperial <laughs> I just she fascinated me mm -hmm. I love to see how she navigated her world basically and she manipulated things and she asserted herself and how smart she was and also how ridiculous she was in some ways so i would say she's my favorite new character but i mean they're all so good what about yeah. you i think i know but go ahead i was gonna say brasso yes yeah i i love brasso brasso's a real one we all need a brasso i i just love the he's so i mean he's he doesn't have he obviously doesn't have like a romantic partner but he's so wesley from princess bride in the terms of like as you wish that type of friend or i don't know that was a horrible comparison but i see it i see yeah. it i don't know i just i i hope the best for him like good people who go to such great lengths for their friends and for their family deserve to be happy in situations of war and peril especially in star wars so i i am like I'm deeply rooting for him and I hope that too. he makes it out. He has to. He's also the human embodiment of a teddy bear, so I can't not dislike him. Yeah. He's amazing. If I had to pick like a like a good guy and a bad guy, I'd pick Dedra and, and I'd say my heart of the Brasso too, because he's just so so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if I had to choose a bad guy too, uh, you I, I would choose I'm, I don't think Cyril's a bad guy, and I won't choose Dedra because you chose her, but I did actually really like Major Partagas. Yeah? Okay. I thought, yeah, okay. I the whole uh, we're healthcare providers thing, like, you kind of yeah. ate with that. that. I mean, he did, he did. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was a really good, another quote that was super good, that whole explanation. I also thought that 
he was a good boss. He gave Dedra a, he was like, here's where you need to improve, but here's also where you're doing really good in. And he gave her her flowers, basically. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, you, so, no, I, I agree. He, he was, he was pretty cool. He was pretty I'm ex- Yeah, I'm excited he made it to uh, season two. So kind of wrapping up our discussion, unless you have any more questions. No, I, I, I think I want to ask our audience some questions. So like when we post this, we will probably post a set of questions similar to what we've been asking each other throughout mm-hmm. this episode. And you guys can respond as well because, you know, we'd like to hear from you too. This is a conversation, but yeah. All right. Well, then that wraps up this episode of Stardust Records. We won't see you next week because it is uh, Thanksgiving and we are taking just a one week holiday break to be with our families. But we'll see you the week after that for another episode. But Linz, where can we find you? You can find me at A Cosmic Love on Twitter and at Rebel Risen on Instagram. And where can we find you? Uh, and you can just find me at Anderisms on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>